But in any event, it was a significant place because significant... And are you saying there, Jerry? sorry to interrupt you, that there were 6,000 people in Craigs at one stage? Well, it, it, well not just in the village of Craigs. Yes, but, but in, in the, the surrounds, yeah. Eggs, Kilbegnish, all around all right, there. Okay. Uh, and 12,000 families, all numbering right. 6,000 okay. people, were, were, were evicted during um, the great drives to, to, to bring cattle and sheep in to replace the people. And so it was a significant, it was a venue in that, in that sense. In any event, um, he spoke at length about the administration, um, the different uh, political uh, matters and uh, yeah, yeah. things that were going on at the moment and the no rent campaign. And his, his speech, it ran to several columns in the local paper. So there was somebody there on hand to so, transcribe everything yeah, that he yeah. said, or to, to record everything that he said. Um, and now, in contrast, uh, on on just the differing views of the differing newspapers, the the Roscommon Messenger was very obviously pro Parnell, but in contrast, the Roscommon Herald um, was not so pro Parnell. Right. And you have to remember that you know Parnell's liaison with Catherine O'Shea or Kitty O'Shea, uh, her name was 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 shortened to Kitty just to not to give her her full title of Catherine and there was there was a subtle kind of a, a difference there between Catherine and Kitty but yeah. that's what people christened her Kitty instead of Kat, Catherine and his subsequent marriage to her that had provoked a strong reaction against him as the leader of the Irish people and indeed another paper that was in the area at the time the Roscommon Journal was also anti-Parnell right. and they actually, this is a quote now from the Parnell, from a section that they had about um, uh, Parnell, and it said, one year ago, Mr. Parnell's entrance into Roscommon would be greeted with the applauding cheers of thousands. On Sunday last, as he left Roscommon for Craig's, he was feebly cheered by a lot of school children who had just left the chapel after their weekly catechism instruction. So what a change had come over Mr. Parnell himself. A few years ago, he was the picture of robust health. On Sunday last, with his blanched face and bandaged arm, he presented a sad aspect of depraved and fallen humanity. So you can see that, (laughs) depending on which newspaper you read, you could read that there were thousands of people turned out to cheer him on his way to Craig's on one newspaper, and then another newspaper took a different view of him. There were only school children, and uh, no no one else was interested, yeah. Yeah. So all he had won, you know, it's too bad because all he had won from the British government by the way, by the way of the land acts was forgotten by by some sections. However, the, the crowd at Craig's was very substantial, though mum, numbers uh, may not have been as suggested by the papers. Yeah. But he spoke at length, and his speech, uh, when he concluded, was, and it's a quote again: "We fight not for faction, but for freedom." If there was a fight which men would have desired to avoid, it would have been the fight which my friends throughout Ireland are now waging and waging bravely. I honour them for their courage and I will not leave them until they get a better leader. I regret that you should have to submit to persecution. I know that you'd look to Ireland's future as a nation if you can get it. We may not be able to get it, but if not, it will be left to those who come after us to win, but we will do our best. So that was, that was, that was the tail end of his speech. Right, and he left. He left the meeting immediately, and he came back to Roscommon, where now you might think he'd, he'd, you know, he'd do an overnighter again in Mitchell's hotel. Yeah. Um, but he rested until midnight, and he caught the night the night mail train. So there was a mail train that passed through Roscommon, going back to Dublin. To Dublin. Um, right. 
around midnight and he caught that train and he reached Dublin at half five in the morning and he stayed in another hotel that began with M but not Mitchell's this time it was Morrison's hotel and he met a number of his supporters later in the day. The following Wednesday he left Kingstown now Dunleary by yes. mail boat for London and his final words to those seeing him off were I will be back in Ireland on Saturday week so this was his intention but Unfortunately, he had died at his residence in, in uh, Brighton on the 7th of October. And true to his word, he was back in Ireland on Saturday week. But in, for, unfortunately, it was just his remains just that were brought a back. Funeral, yeah. yeah, and interred at Glasnevin Cemetery. Well, in fact, I know it very well, Glasnevin Cemetery. Yes. And it's commonly called Glasnevin Cemetery. But in fact, the correct title is Prospect Cemetery. But that's another day's work. Um and he was interred there uh, near Daniel O'Connell's grave on Saturday, the 11th of October. So just to finish up with an extract from the local newspaper, the Roscommon Journal, and they, they, they had these comments on his death. His, uh, to quote, for our own part, the best tribute we can pay to his worth is to beg, as we most earnestly do, that in recompense for his past services to Ireland, merciful providence may deal gently with him, and that his frailties, having been entirely obliterated from public recollection, his memory will ever be fresh and green in the hearts of his countrymen, so that when the history of his life will be read by Irishmen yet unborn, his lofty genius and splendid achievements in the service of his country shall shine forth in all their transplendent luster without a single disparaging suggestion to mar the beauty of the picture. So the unknown King of Ireland, as he was known, had found his final resting place and, uh, you know, history uh, has been left to judge his contribution to Irish life, which was substantial, um, notwithstanding, you know, the controversy at the end of it. But we we can say that his last public... um, his mass public engagement yeah. um, involved Roscommon very heavily and Craig's in particular. Um, so we, we, there is, in fact, if, if you're out there, out in Craig's in front of the um, the rugby club is there yeah. now, yeah. there is a, a memorial, a stone memorial to uh, Parnell um, on, the, on the left-hand side just as you go in towards the, the clubhouse there. In fact, that that building, as far as I know, that building where Craig's uh, initially had their had their clubhouse. D- their yeah. clubhouse was actually an old RIC station, as far as I know, That's the right. Royal Irish Cavalry right. Station in the village of Craig's, there, facing the Glenamady Road. But there is there is a stone memorial, quite a substantial stone memorial to Charles Stuart Parnell in Craig's. So his last public function, his last public address, he was in bad health. But he spoke in the in the rain and in the wind and all that went with that, uh, and he fulfilled his engagement. And he died very shortly afterwards at his residence, and he's buried in Glasnevin or Prospect Cemetery in Dublin.